You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Welcome back to Fully Booked. You have myself, Mace. French. Myself, Andrew. Yeah, and remember, this is season nine. We're reviewing the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Um, part two was supposed to be released, but we had uh, technical issues with the sound. So what we're going to do in this part is carry, continue on from part one, but we'll touch upon some of the aspects of part two. Just to give you a bit of a recap from part one, we kind of found out about system one and system two. We discovered that system two can be the lazier of the of the two systems. System one is the more reactive, as in immediate reaction. System two is more of the thinking type, the logical type. Um, and we discovered that both of them, um, you kind of need both of them to work in tandem. And sometimes you might have to draw upon system two more of a, than to, to kind of um, provide some rationale or logic um, to system one if system one is giving you the immediate answer or response to a situation you're in. Um, do you want to, you guys want to kind of pick up from that? Okay. No, I'm going to jump straight in. We did it, we may not have touched on it on the last episode, but I will, I will, if you're reading and following along, following along the book, going straight to 21, which is intuition versus formulas. On page 226, he makes a point of saying simple, equally weighted formulas based on existing statistics or on common sense are often very good predictors of significant outcomes. In a memorable example, Dawes showed that the martial stability is well predicted by formula. Frequency of lovemaking minus frequency of quarrels. Now with that in mind, which would you rely on to make a decision in a relationship, intuition or formula? That's the evil one of you. Have any of you guys ever relied on a formula in any of the relationships you've been in? I wasn't aware of one, but if I had known, <laughs> I may have But in your head, was you thinking of any type of formula, whether it's relating to three days I spend with you, four days I spend with myself? I know it's, that's just what's come up, come, up, come up on the top of my head. Was there anything relating to any kind of formula about how you divide your time or divide your, your romance or divide your, the amount of attention you give someone? That's what I mean by that. Yeah, I get it. I haven't, but maybe I think I might have to start using one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Now, when it comes to things like that, it's, it's based off emotion, and emotion, emotion doesn't really come with logic at times. It's more you base it off a feeling mm. and your intuition rather than, as, as the question posed, is about a formula. So to answer my question, I would rely on intuition when it comes to relationships similar I'm similar to you but I'm just wondering is there any deeper or further detail he goes into in relation to the formula bit with the quarrels amount of quarrels versus the amount of it's in sexual intimacy or something like that intimate time well if you read the book you'd know this no (laughs) (laughs) no do you know what he doesn't go I think there is a, a slight formula that he talks about in regards to the the lovemaking and 
the, the, the minus the frequency of the corals, but right. I haven't got, unless you want to open up the book, no, I haven't got it to hand. Yeah. But is he essentially saying that you should be making 3.5 no, times he, more I love than Griff's corals? making a point of saying yeah. you should do this or you should do yeah. that. It's more of, of an awareness that there is, you could have a, you could have a formula to base your decisions around it, whether that's going to be detrimental to your relationships or not. You'd have to experience that and, and maybe try it out yourself. But I'm only asking you guys that question, mm. is it? Because it could be something that you may actually do yourselves. You may have a formula of, okay, well, so for example, if you've got an example like you, you've got two, you're going on two dates, they're two separate women, mm. and they've got two, they've got a set of qualities mm. that you may think will be better for you in the long run or the short, short term. So you may have a formula how to how to get to your answer because you don't want to. There's no emotional in te- um, involvement in it, so you may write it down on the chalkboard. That is proper old school, but you might want to write it down on like a piece of paper or whatever or not, and list down their attributes and say, all right, well, girl A is X Y Z blah blah blah. Girl B has these features that I like. This would suit me in such a way and have a formula to then come to a conclusion that sounds too robotic mundane like too robotic too forced not natural enough you know what, to, to I mean, me this sounds it's, it's, I don't know I, for me it's that's too practical like it just doesn't feel right that just wouldn't feel right for me I, you know I said it for a minute the first thing I thought was that's like nonsense I, I mean I wouldn't use a formula but at the same time I feel like intuition can't be your answer for everything because your intuition is almost your gut feeling and sometimes your instant response to something which is not always the best um, thing or premise to go with then I sat and I thought to myself actually a lot of us do have formulas I mean I know in like other books we've read you mentioned friends going out for walks after having an argument and then coming back and then reviewing the situation and then sometimes when you I don't want to talk about business as such but I mean you might have a relation you might share a relation with it you get yourself into let's say a dispute is yeah you get yourself into to dispute and you try to think through it maybe a little bit logically you ask questions as to why that person feels that way etc 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 instead of going off what would be maybe an instant instant response and react angrily does that kind of like make sense I, yeah like even like today obviously when we were rising up here like i was saying that um i had a, an accident and my response truth be told was quite angry but that was due to what he said. So I did. Do you see what I mean? What's it? Oh no! Someone smashed. Someone hit my car yesterday, like two days ago or something. Yeah. So like, um, the person hit my car. Not to go into too much detail. The person hit my car, and then they kind of like point to me and like, "Why are you going too fast?" I'm like, "That's just stupid." Like, mm. you, you, someone's open. Someone's opened your door, and it's not my window off, and you're saying it's my fault. Mm. But I responded angry. I said, "I said, right, I'm gonna part this up. Let's see what you're gonna say now." <laughs> but like, what I'm saying is like, it could have. There could have been a a better way of handling that conversation. Mm. That was my my rep- response straight away. Yeah, that was just system one. Yeah, straight away. But I was actually thinking that system, but I thought it was a F system one, so he's just, <laughs> he's just a mad, that, I found it disrespectful because someone's knocked my wing mirror off mm. and the first thing you're doing is blaming me. But like, point I'm making, rain and back in, <laughs> is that was an instant response. Whereas like, um, I feel if you have a formula as to, you know what, like someone says something which I don't like, mm. all right, actually, what is the best form of resolving the situation? 
Let me go back to the actual question. Which would you rely on to make a decision in a relationship? Intuition or formula? No car crashes. <laughs> no, 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 no it's formula. Like formula. And also, sorry. So what? in a relationship, you would choose a formula to make a decision? I think... I mean, you're probably going to use a bit of both, but I think formula is not a bad idea, as in like a method. That, I'm using formula and method. No, nah, I'm just saying, because Mace is saying something completely different. And, and then also, this doesn't sound... Actually, no, I don't care. So you're kind of sounding like a robot. No, 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 no. If I'm, I'm going to I'm saying a method. I'm saying a method, but like, reason why... I, I sat there. The first thing I said was, nah, I ain't doing a formula. System one telling me that. Then I sat there and thought to myself, there's a lot of people who are using... Um, um, apps and all that for dating and I'm not even going to it's not to do with me actually people have methods and formulas as to how they go from A to B with women let's not even li- like do you see what I mean like date one I'm gonna, we're going to have an easy conversation two da, 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 and it goes do you see what I mean yeah. date one put them on J work out these <laughs> <laughs> Following up on your point, so but at the moment you both disagree. Essentially, no, but essentially you stand on one side and you're standing on the other. Now, do you know what? Now that P's laid down his verse, I can, I get where he's coming from. But initially, if I meet someone, I'm not, I'm not, the formula thing's not coming in my head. Like, or if I don't know, it's just weird. I put, it, I don't, I won't just focus on a formula-based system. Mm. That's just too robotic for me, man. Um, yeah. is he, see with this is he basically saying system one relates to your intuition system two is the formula related or has um, he not stated that no he doesn't really state that but mm. I will just just because you know what there's so much to get through but yeah. I will say because mm. he does make a couple more uh, examples in regards to the Virginia Atna test where through this test through a formula the, she was able to decrease infant mortality by having a standardised check to ensure the baby was okay rather than using the old wives' tales intuition of whether the baby was okay. When a form there's so there's there's room for when formulas can be used as well and there's also room for an intuition is best used for the best result. Now um he does conclude that both both is needed. So using your intuition and having a formula mm. is is best used in most cases and within the book he does explain that he worked with the Israel army and that he was when they were first making the army he conducted uh, not experiments but interviews to see whether it was right for certain positions so he needed the formula as well as intuition to be able to best see what that particular soldier was going to be what section of the army they was going to be useful for mm. So expert intuition is the next part that he mentions, but as I said, there's so much to go into in this book. We're not going to cover every single part. You know, what? I thought so. <laughs> you, you touching on expert intuition now? Or? I'm not going to because it's it's a follow up of this conversation. But if we then go into that conversation, we're literally going to be here for. Hours. All right, do you mind if I just read this then? Go ahead. All right, cool. Because I just I, see, I, I don't know. You know, what? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm laughing at my um, my book review. <laughs> All right, cool. So ex expertise. Memory triggers, which is from experience. Expertise takes a long time to develop. A thousand, sorry, 10,000 hours of practice in the field, becoming familiar with thousands of configurations. Expertise is having knowledge of a group of skills, whereas having a skill could be knowing how to do one thing solely rather than a group of things. And then I noted, um, use your time wisely. There are 24 hours in a day, which 
we all know. Um, compounding several different skill sets, using your time wisely. Examples were given. Uh, so, sorry, examples were given of someone reading and pronouncing a word they had never read before, and doing so easily, like an author or a journalist, because having obviously experience in that field, they're going to be able to obviously pronounce those words obviously with with ease. Whereas if um, being a whereas if you're not a journalist or you're not an author, you're, you're probably not reading every single day and pronouncing words which are quite difficult to do so obviously phonically, you would struggle. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little bit more. Yeah, my notes finish. Intuition cannot be trusted unless in a stable environment, i.e., validity um, from a professional or expertise. Sorry, experience. That's why hiring expertise is important. You can go fast alone, but far together. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, moving slightly forward from the <coughs> expert opinion. We'll go on to the outside view where he mentions that when forecasting the outcomes of risky projects, executives too easily fall victim to the planning fallacy. In its grip, they make decisions based on delusional optimism rather than a rational weighing of gains, losses and probabilities. They overestimate benefits and underestimate costs. Now, this is something that I thought of when I, was, when I actually read this part was when you do housing with the projects yeah, and everything, yeah, so yeah, overestimating. So this is when I kind of thought this question, do you lean more to over-optimism or realistic optimism? So the way it works in my field, so I, I'm more the delivery end, okay. essentially, and where the over-optimism will come into play is our development. Oh, I shouldn't even be saying this all life, but it'll <laughs> be, our, it'll be our, our, essentially our development team who are responsible for securing any deals, um, securing land agreements, um, anything like that, because because they want to secure land, secure deals, so that we get new properties through the door. Um, they were they be over optimistic. I, yeah, surely like um, let me get values. Let me how many units can I build on that piece of land? Okay, so you're saying if I do this, do this, I can get eighty, or I can get one hundred and twenty. All right, let me get a valuation. All right, so they've given me a value. A range of between a one bed is between three twenty k and three fifty k. All right, in our financial appraisal, sticking 350k. Actually, no, no, no. Put in 370 because by the time they're built, another 20k will would have been increased on the market. That's that's how they think. Okay. So that they get their projects through the door, and you know we make our 15% or 20% um, margin. margin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we got to deliver it now to the sales teams or to the operation, the housing management teams, or whatever. They they might not have taken into fact contingency, maybe. Uh, new legislation has come out in the building in the um, building industry, so now you can longer use a certain material. Mm-hmm. Now we've got now factor in the fact that we've got an, use a different material to build to build with, which costs X amount more. They're not factoring all this in, mm-hmm. so they're the ones that are more over optimistic. Okay. Whereas and and and, and we'll, what was the other thing? Over optimism and something else. Realistic optimism. Whereas I have realistic optimism. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What about you, P? Sorry, I forgot the question. Of course you did. Do you lean more to over optimism or realistic optimism? Um, I'm a very optimistic person, yeah. um, so I'm going to say. I would have said that. So. Yeah, no, because I, I love this part of the book. There's a lot of. You sound like you're going to go into one, isn't it? No, I'm not because no, uh, it's 23, so okay. 24. No, because from a personal point of view. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, from a personal point of view, realistic optimism, and anyone will tell you that in that. Even when it comes to things like, so obviously, man was supposed to be going to Japan. There's COVID 19's taken hold of the world globally. Mm-hmm. Man can't go, but I'm not down about it because I think I'm just like, 
well, it's booked. If it happens, it happens. I'm one of these people. If it happens, it happens. Okay, this is ha- now that this has happened. No one can help that. Mm. What am I going to do? Yeah. And I think I kind of stay on a level, like a level playing field. Whereas some people go like that, they have the tsunami effect where they're yeah. up above the line and deep down beneath the line, then high up above. Mace is currently putting his arms up and down. Yeah, so <laughs> my arms are going up and down and moving in a wavy motion. But I, I'm kind of just slightly up, slightly down, slightly up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, so I'm more balanced. What about you? Um, I'm, I'm not realistic. I think I want to be just above realistic. Over, overly realistic. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But I mean... Yeah, I mean, obviously, of course, there's some risk over, over optimism. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think that's the what well, I'm gonna say that I, I like being that. You know, I like yeah. you know pushing the boundaries. You know, Get as they say, <laughs> they say pushing the boundaries. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's me. It's a situational thing as well because it might be it's because I'm something very small. Mm. But say like I'm, I need to like try and catch a, I don't know, a train for work or something. Yeah, I'm not stupid as in one of them, but like you know, as to over. Um, being over optimistic anyway go on carry on bro what no I knew what I was talking about but just carry on but I thought you needed to interrupt me because of something I just said no go on <laughs> yeah say I'm like catch straight through and I'm like the train comes in two minutes and if I jog it will take me three minutes yeah I might still do that run mm-hmm. in my head thinking do you know what I'm gonna make that train okay so I have little moments or spurts where I'm like yeah I'm really like that's a realistic optimistic oh is that still like, realistic if you're, if you're running three minutes late and you know the train leaves in one minute and you know you're two minutes away yeah you're overly optimistic to say i'm gonna run and i can still make it even though you know you're a good two minutes away yeah that's what i meant yeah. that ain't happening b <laughs> <laughs> we ain't running but some people will still try thinking out oh, there might be a delay there might be a reason that yeah. it hasn't left um for me i'll probably lean to more over optimism just because I think as like an entrepreneur you you take risks more so you have that kind of outlook of it's going to work regardless if if it may not look like it's going to work you may have your own vision of something be like okay well like oh, who was I listening today I was listening to someone and they was talking about basically starting a business and making sales before they even actually started the business. I like that. So it's just that optimistic, it's going to work, even if you're starting off in the right place. Do you know what I mean? You have that, P. Yeah, do I have that? No, you do No, have no, that. no, I'm literally about to re-sign from that. Like, I don't know, this is actually in 24, you're talking about, anyway. Yeah, no, you can, I yeah. mean, we're going to go into it because the next part is engine, engine of cat- cap- capitalism anyway so cool. it's going to revert back to it and I'll probably ask a question that you can answer that did he say anything about where <coughs> where your head should be at in terms of autism no I don't think he does I, I think that's a personable thing because yeah. I don't think someone can tell you whether you should be there or you shouldn't be there you as a personal personality will decide whether you're over in have over optimism or realistic optimism what was the point of trying to be made by him bringing this to our attention in the book, um, that raising the thing about being over optimistic and a re- like realist optimistic, if that makes sense. You would have to ask him. <laughs> um, so I won't be listening. I'm gonna, right. I think I hopefully I'll be able to answer that. Yeah. Um, but truth be told, I think he was just highlighting like where people sit within system one and system two as to <laughs> their optimism. But I mean, I read this and I think as you go on, I think you kind of pick up as to. 
and where they lie because he goes into other stuff as to what we're discussing and maybe off off air well, um, before before you get because I think with the question I'm going to ask anyway yeah. I'll be able to answer it again because I want to get off these points as well that are highlighted just as it yeah. goes into intros of the ending of capitalism now he met, this is on page 256 but he mentions because optimistic bias can be both a blessing and a risk you should be happy and wary if you are temporarily temporary temporarily no not even that temperamentally optimistic on page 256 they accentuate the positive without losing track of reality the chances that a small business will survive for five years in the US are about 35% just made the five year mark as well mm-hmm. but the individuals who open up such businesses do not believe that the statistics apply to them question why do you think entrepreneurs take the risk even when the formula or the statistical an- anal- analysis is different. Well, that's what I was going to say, actually. Or indifferent, um, shall I say. <laughs> what you said was what I was going to say. <laughs> 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 well, well, not worth word, but that's exactly what I was going to say. Sure. Um, but, like, there's a policy you didn't read, well, you didn't say of it anyway. Um, he goes on to say, um, our optimistic individuals and play a disproportionate role in shaping our lives. Their decisions make the difference. They are the inventors, entrepreneurs, the political and military leaders, military leaders, sorry, not not your average people. They got where they got to by seeking challenges and taking risks. They are talented and they are lucky, almost luckier than they would acknowledge. They are probably optimistic by temperament. However, which I think you mentioned very briefly, optimism is stubborn, widespread and costly. In some cases, you're best selling your skill, your skill set, sorry, than going alone. So... Essentially, getting a job. yeah, getting a job with your temperament and your skill set rather than going alone and being an entrepreneur. Mm. But your question, apologies. Why do you think entrepreneurs take the risk even when the formula or statistical analysis is indifferent? Um, the thirty percent chance of failure doesn't apply to the optimistic person, and I think it's just down to real strong belief in what they do. But it lends itself to, I think, what you were saying as to the inside out, the inside and outside thing is that I believe an optimistic person can sometimes get trapped in their own bubble. I really do believe that. And I think that's why sometimes it's important to get someone from the outside to come in and actually look, a new, a new set of eyes come in and look at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually be essentially, I don't know, I don't know if the word is well-planned, but you're, you, I mean, you can have a, a well-rounded plan as to, what you're going to do because sometimes you can be very, as an optimistic person or in general you can be very very good at delivering or executing but if your plan in the first place or your idea in the first place doesn't quite sit well with the world let's say then you're not going to really deliver or execute as well as you to, you should do and you're naturally and not you're naturally but you're going to be a failure or it's going to be a failure um yeah, so mitigate, mitigate and loss. Yeah, um, I'm going to say so. I know it's down to a few things, really. It's down to experience. Mm. Um, it's down to being too optimistic, over-optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a variation of a couple of things. Planning, um, sometimes eyes, you know, because even as an optimistic person, and oh, I had this conversation about exchange numbers on today. Like, uh, I've seen numbers with two, three people over the past three days both web and app developers where we've had conversation they're like so bro because before I changed numbers I said like we just we all continue this conversation outside of here um, so two web and app developers in like two days one this afternoon and one two days Amazon and the other one I don't know where it's from um, oh, I don't want to forget what I was going to have um, 
sorry, no, like, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I hate doing that. So it's only here when I'm in London. I never do that in Barcelona. Sorry, no, I just feel. <laughs> no, it's just. <laughs> when, that's the sort of mad things on. All right, no. You're discussing the fact about. You spoke about the fact that the optimist or the entrepreneur, they don't see that 30% chance of failure. They, it doesn't doesn't register with them. And then you moved on from there. And I can't remember where you moved on to from there. No, I just think people need to bring in loads. I think people need people around them. So, oh, so I'm a very optimistic. New set of eyes. Yeah, and yeah so I'm a very yeah. optimistic person. I think it's important to have different set of eyes, obviously, with you. So people can tell you, no, nah, I don't quite agree with that based on my experience and based on my expertise. Mm. All right. But as I was saying, as to speaking with other people is... I have conversations with people as to what I'm doing and I'm a very optimistic person but what I do is I use the vehicle and being an Uber driver and I explained to the guy before today that I use an opportunity to tell people what I'm doing and someone can tell me nah I don't agree with that I think you should go in this direction or you should go in that and sometimes people say I like what you're doing and you're going in the right direction but I think you should focus on this rather more than that um, so I have these conversations so people can t- so it's a new set of eyes and then people can tell me whether I'm right wrong or indifferent mm-hmm. so that's what I was trying to convey Cool. What about you, Mace? What about me? Um, why do you think entrepreneurs take the risk? Oh, um, I honestly think that they, entrepreneurs, they have this thing about them. So almost when, when a bitty gets their fix, it's like they, they, they have this, I don't know what to, what to call it, but that, 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 that kind of success or succeed is just like, or, or the fact that they can succeed is, it's, it's just like this this euphoria that's what I think it is mm-hmm. like the fact that they see a plan and trying to get that plan to come together and achieving that is euphoria which is why I've, um, I've got my, my not my trailer for I've got my words now which is why often mm. they won't just have one business it will it will be one after the other or a number of businesses at the same time or yeah. they just don't stop yeah. or they fail one, two, three, four, five times yeah. and they keep going mm. it's yeah. something to do with that that's how I see it it's something like that and then you've got all the obvious other things as well is that like they want to be their own boss they can't they, they don't like being managed and honed in because maybe it limits what they believe is their true skill set and all the rest of it as well but deep down I honestly think it's that same buzz or fix or fix of adrenaline that your kind of your drug um, addict, addict will get from that hit and the fact they're willing to do anything to get it they'll go and rob from shops they'll beg they'll, they'll shamelessly beg do you know what I mean all that kind of stuff still meet and sell it down the pub whatever it is mm. that's 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 what I get from that cool. you know that's mad and like I know we'll probably discuss it anyway I know in, in the book it discusses people pushing hard to avoid loss rather than achieve their goal I don't know if you loss aversion yeah no but that specific thing in, in particular that point that I was making where people are more fixated on like not losing and yeah 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 I know what you're talking yeah. about yeah that's, that's yeah that's further on yeah. in the book uh, to answer the question I was going to say it boils down to belief to be simple yeah. it's belief when I when I set about doing something I just believe I can do it. Like in regards to, like even, like most businesses after five years they normally collapsed. Well, we're still here, and I didn't. Not to say I didn't think that wasn't going to happen, but I just thought 
we're going to be different than others. I don't know why, I just do. I just think we're going to be different. We're going to be better, we're going to be bigger, and we're going to be... They're not doing what we do. They don't know what we know. They're not going to go about how we go about it. It's a bit of an arrogant way of thinking, but it's that self-belief that I think that you're going to conquer it, you're going to crack it, this code, whatever it is. The same way as Maze pointed out, if you start a business <coughs> and it fails and you start another one, it's just that belief that you can do it. It's that constant, even though no one else can see it, I'm going to keep on doing it. So you can show me all this, the statistics, you can show me all the formulas that will tell me it's not going to work. That intuition within me telling me that it will work. Um, that's what it, that's for me. That's what it simply boils down to. It's just pure, pure, unadulterated belief. Couldn't just couldn't agree more. Uh, I'll move on to part four where it talks about choices. Now, if you well, for those that are listening, or we won't be able to w- watch this episode unfortunately, but for those that are listening, you can take part. Now, question for for everyone mm. is which do you prefer? If you toss a coin. If it comes up heads, you win one hundred dollars, mm. and if it comes up tails, you win nothing. Mm. Or B, you get forty six dollars for sure. Out of those two choices, which would you pick? I'll probably go B. I'll probably go B. Um, I'm not usually a B person, but like I, I, I I'm, I'm gonna go with B. But it all depends on your situation. I think yeah. more. I think it depends on your. Your current situation. If we say you spoke about loss aversion, yeah. If man hit the zero now, I'd be like, so I had two options there to take home some money, and I've gone and got zero, nothing. So I'd be like, do you know what? It's better off man just takes the forty six. I probably, I'll probably go B. Yeah, I'll probably go. I think I'm naturally inclined to go B. Naturally inclined. If I'm intoxicated or whatever, whatever, or you know, I've hit, I've made five thousand dollars earlier that day. But naturally, just like if you hit me with a every, I mean my everyday scenario state, state mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna be like, do you know what? Safe haven B. Um, I'm gonna say B in this, but I don't think I'm a B person. The reason why, because I, I was thinking about this today, and I thought of who wants to be a millionaire. You know when they give you, um, oh, I forget what the situation situation is, but you know you've won a certain amount, and you just you answer quick. Okay. I forget what it is anyway, but you, you anyway. So you you know you know you've won a certain amount and you're quite comfortable with that. So I don't know. So I thought to myself, you know, what, B sounds like a, a very good option. I don't think you're a B person. No, I know. I don't think I'm either. Yeah. But I mean, it sounds safe. Yeah, it's the safest. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. That's why I, I said that's, you're a B person. No, I'm not. No, that's why I think. Sorry, the reason why I say actually, it, actually, I just particular yeah. scenario. But I think if that scenario is presented to you, I don't even think you go B. That's the worst thing. I actually don't. I think you not. Think, I just think you're just saying it. Um, I honestly don't think you'd go B. You're like. Do you know what? I'm feeling kind of... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's not wrong. Right, yeah. Okay. No, and then and, and you got zero, you'd be like... Mm. <laughs> and then, I mean, no, pra- no, perhaps. I, I don't yeah. disagree with that. What it is, I've had time to think about that question because A, I've read the book, but at the same time, I've had time to break down some of my thoughts as to it. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason why I'm saying B. You always go, what are you saying? A. No, I would have gone B as well. So oh, I okay. think you're safe. I think you're safe as houses and I think that's you as well. But again... It's similar to P. Um, yeah, I think not instantly, instinctively, I went for B. And it does say most people do go for B because it's a sure thing. Mm. You don't want to take... Again, you're trying to 
have lost a version and it goes on to explain it a bit more which we will in, in a bit more detail but again we've got hindsight of it because we've, we've read further the book, yeah. um, just to mention something briefly and it, it's almost a cross reference to another book that I'm reading but he mentions if this function is accurate in Fenchner, and he's referring to Fenchner's law the same physiological distance separates 100,000 from 1 million and 10 million, 10 million from 100 million. That's mm-hmm. on page seven, two, 273. Now, why I said it's a, it's a cross-reference, cross-reference is because I'm reading another book called Quantum Warrior. Mm-hmm. And it's about quantum physics, essentially. And if you know anything about manifestation and your belief system and what you say, what your, your thoughts are things, it's essentially saying the same thing in terms of the, the physiological distance from a hundred thousand pounds to a million pounds is basically the same. You could put in the same amount of energy and effort, and you would get the same amount of num- the same number. So one million is equal to ten million in the in the psychological state of the energy that you're using. Does that make sense to you? Oh no, no, hundred million sense. Yeah, right. but that yeah, that was just a cross reference I wanted to make with that part. It's, maybe not able to do it so if I can just add to that the reason why I thought that was important is like with traders because you use the same formula as to compounding what you're making so your your theory so the theory is essentially you don't want to lose no more than let's say 3% of your account when you're trading mm-hmm. um, etc etc and sometimes you would um, have a ratio of 1 to 3 or 1 to 5 depending on what type of um, trade you're trying to you're trying to make but again, the same sort of um, theory applies as to this. It's the same distance between, same distance. I think it was from ten thousand to I think it was a hundred thousand, and like a hundred thousand to a million or what have you. Mm. And I think if people get over that psychological thought of those big numbers, yeah. you'd understand. That's the reason why people actually, I don't want to say, that's why people move fast from being a millionaire to a multi-millionaire yeah. very very quickly because the distance is the same. You're just applying in some case, the same form of logic. Whereas some people think, oh, so I hear the question this quite, I hear this question quite often actually when you're watching YouTube stuff and people go, so how did you get to a billion pounds? Like it was, I mean, of course, I mean, you tighten up certain things, but it's the same sort of practice and the same sort of disciplines that you keep up with. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, you just keep the same sort of disciplines really. I'm not, just, not to say that people haven't added to their team or anything different, but it's the same sort of theory. Yeah. Um, but uh, the researcher called ben- well, I don't think he's an actual researcher, but a guy called Bernoulli observed that most people dislike risk, the chance of receiving the lowest possible outcome, and if they offered a choice between a gamble and an amount equal to its expected value, they would pick the sure thing. So hence, people picking B, the sure thing. Uh, question: Are you willing to gamble, and do you gamble? I don't gamble. Oh, when it comes sorry, when it comes to like monetary things or betting and stuff like that, I'm not a gambler. I've had the odd flutter in my life, but I'm not a gambler. What about other aspects of your life? Uh, you have to you have to give me paint me some scenarios, man. Um, I think generally speaking, I'm not a gambler. I don't think I am. Mm. Would you bet on yourself? In what situation? In general. In general. Yeah, like... It's a, tough, it's a good question. I 100% bet all the time. 
like, sorry to not cut you off, I know you're thinking, like, that's the reason why I do what I do. I mean, like, I told you I've had conversations with people over the past couple of days, like, and that's essentially it. I told him, I, dis- I made a decision, I was gonna take, I, didn't, I haven't put a, t- a finite time on it as to, I've taken two years out, but whenever I have a conversation, I say, I'll give myself two years, all right? I'm gonna do this Uber thing, all right? I'm gonna kind of move to Barcelona, and I'm gonna do this. And this is where I am, and I, this is where I am along my journey at this moment in time. Mm. I'm not interested in it, I'm betting on myself, and actually, I know I'm gonna 100% win. I believe I'm gonna win. It's a case of just sticking in there and believing in, in what I'm doing, and even with, this whole virus, like a lot of people, like it, it's, a, it's a tragedy and a lot of people lost their lives and stuff like that. But I've tried to look at it from the other side, which is what an optimistic person would probably do. And I'm looking like, people have got the opportunity to upskill themselves and they don't even, they don't even realize it. You've got an opportunity to sit down at home and do a number of things, your life admin, upskill yourself, read, relax, get your body back in shape, all that type of stuff. And then go again in 2021. When oh no, <laughs> <laughs> 2020 is done out here. Anyway, but people got an opportunity to upskill themselves. But yeah. the aren't the but, but like, to your question, yeah. yeah, I bet on myself one hundred and twenty percent. I don't, I wouldn't, I can't, I can't see, I wouldn't see any other way. Why would I not bet on myself? That's yeah. the best bet you can make in life, in my part of opinion. Anyway, yeah. Okay, I don't think I've given myself a. Well, I'm still struggling with the question. Yeah, yeah, I'm still struggling with the question. I'm trying to think of a scenario where I've really said, where I've really, do you know what I mean? I've gambled in my life, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've really been out here gambling still. Jeez. But yeah, sorry, like, I, um, <laughs> no, there was, you are, no, you asked specific questions and I just jumped in. Yeah. Yeah, like, as to, like, gambling, like, I don't even like that whole thing, like, at all gambling, but I've fluttered a few times and I think it's dangerous to get involved in gambling because it, become a, it can become a habit to which you can't shake off and you become reliant on on something which is quite uncertain, truth be told. Mm. You know, but depending on what you're gambling on, if you're gambling on your skill set, then that's a bit, m- bit more secure. You yeah. know, so I think it really does depend on what you're gambling on. Yeah. But as for myself, I know exactly the skill sets I have and what I can and cannot do. Hence, my short bet. <laughs> All right, Mr. Taken over there. <laughs> I've got a set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with VP. Um, I would definitely... I'm not a gambler when it comes to betting on horses, betting on poker yeah. and all that, but I'm damn sure I'll bet on myself, 100%. I've taken many risks out there. Many, many. But moving on to part 26, Prospect Ferry. Again, let's, let's get the listeners involved. So take note on this one and we'll give you the answers after. So problem three... <clears throat> in addition to where whatever you own you have been given $1,000 you are now asked to choose one of these options 50% chance to win 1000 or get 500 for sure problem B in addition to whatever you own you have been given £2,000 you are now asked to choose one of, the, one of these options 50% chance to lose 1000 or lose 500 for sure 
So with problem three, what would you what would you do? I'm losing the five hundred for the B. I'm not taking a risk of fifty percent chance of losing the foul. I'm 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 losing. I'm just saying, take the five hundred. Yeah. Take the what and left the what. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just saying, you know, what? my fifteen hundred dollars, I'm fine with that. Um, a, I can't quite remember. I know it was a similar thing. Where well, yeah. problem four. I'll, yeah. I'll read yeah. it again for you. Yeah. Problem four. In addition to whatever you own, you've been given two grand. You are now asked to choose one of these options: fifty percent chance to lose a bag, or lose a monkey for those that don't know what that is mm. use a grand fight 1000 or lose 500 yeah somebody's the 500 didn't you ask something just before that with monetary like there was an a wasn't there an a to that part My there part, there's yeah. two problems yeah oh do you know what yeah scrap all of that let's just do one <laughs> at a time then. problem three in addition to whatever you own you've been given a bag of sand 1000 you are now asked to choose one of these options 50 percent to win a bag or a monkey for sure oh I'm taking the 500 okay so you're, yeah. you're, you're, so you're, I'm, I'm you're safe bet take, both yeah, times I'm not, I'm not okay. gambling yeah, right. yeah what about you Pete um, I'm going to read something very quickly now I'll answer the question okay um, people wear <laughs> this guy <laughs> <laughs> um, people wear up the level of reward with ri- sorry people weigh up the level of reward with risk it also depends on your personal circumstances People are also risk-seeking when the options are low or bad in business or otherwise. Um, but I also put people who commit crimes as well. They take huge risks out here in these streets. Um, <laughs> I'm going, with my experience now, in like whether it's trading or otherwise, I'm going with B. And the reason why that is is because through my learning, what I've realised is like, not take something, but don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to lose. You know, so like cover your losses, risk aversion, etc., etc. Yeah. yeah, risk aversion. Sorry, risk aversion. So cover your losses. Make sure you've actually made some money. Yeah, make sure you made some money. So that is what the my new learning is from some of my experiences, but also this book as well. Not to say I'm going to be a bit more balanced as to not gambling or betting on myself, but I've learned actually you need to start playing a bit more smarter because you've got all this knowledge. Why not? Well, about problem four. Sorry, tell me problem four. In problem four, in addition to whatever you own, you've been given £2,000. When you are now asked to choose one of these options, a 50% chance to lose 1000 or lose 500 for sure. Wait, so I've got £2,000. Yep. Okay. You've got a 50% chance to lose 1000 Yep. Or you've got a chance to lose 500 for sure. <laughs> That's that system two at play right now, B. It is, yeah. Alright, Mace, you gotta answer this as well. You can you could think about it at the same time. So with problem three, P's answered he would take the safe bet. Yeah. Now problem four, yeah. In addition to whatever you own, yeah. you've been given two thousand. Yeah. You are now asked to choose one of these options. Fifty percent chance to lose one thousand. Or five hundred for sure to lose. Yeah, I think I said I'll take the safe bet, which is five hundred for sure, rather than the fifty percent to lose a thousand. Okay. Yeah, so. I thought I might say that as well, but you yeah. know what? That's the reason why I read the passage before, because I think it depends where you are. But I don't want to start. Answer the damn question. I don't want to start, start being too. Um, no, I would. I, 
let's say 500. Generally speaking, I'm risk averse. Yeah. Yeah, that's where my mindset is. Because that's, that's what these questions are relating to. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm on it, though. I'm an on it character. What more can we gamble with? Yeah, so I'm risk averse. P, you come here every week telling us about these stories of, yeah, man, like, I, I know exactly what I should have done. But <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what I should have done. Like, uh, and everything's telling me. Everyone, everything was telling me. All my principles. I know my principles. I, I, I'm sick of, I know my principles. But then the money started rolling and I just left it. <laughs> yeah. So, we, so, yeah. So, I've, yeah. So, I'm, I don't know. Right. I, yeah. I'll put you out of your misery. The answer is, well, mm. not to say there is a specific answer, but... In part three, problem three, majority of people that responded preferred to do the sure thing. Mm. And in problem four, the large majority preferred the gamble. Really? And the reason, mm. like the idea of gaining, well, it's not this in this particular problem, but the reason, the reason you like the idea of gaining a hundred pounds and dislike the idea of losing a hundred, is not that these these amounts change your wealth. You just like winning and dislike losing. Mm-hmm. And you almost certainly dislike losing more than you like winning. That's on page 281. And just to clear up that up as well, the response to losses is stronger than the response to corresponding gains. And this is what we was referring to as loss aversion. So if you don't know what that is, that is loss aversion. Did you want to add anything more to that, P, before I move on? Um, let me see, so I do apologize. Oh, no, it does mention... So, obviously, I know you, you touched on prospect theory as such, but I think it was important to just mention... as well, Anyway, it says, tastes are not fixed. They vary with the, the reference point, just as people's aversion to risk. So, like, it depends what it is, you know, and then, you know, your, your thoughts change. In regards to those, those two problems as well, I don't know if we may have skipped over it as well, but basically... What he goes on to say is it also depends on your your financial position. Yeah. Because he quite bluntly says that if you're poor, then those amounts are going to make a significant difference to your mm, life. So you're not going to be so risk averse. Whereas if you're in the middle or, or I'm not even say one percent, but you're above the the minimal pay it's relative. Yeah, it's re- yeah, yeah, spot on. It's relative, depending on what, what your situation is. Last thing, sorry. It is advised um, to think like a trader as to a loss aversion because things fluctuate often, and we understand the and we understand as traders the highs and the highs come as do the lows. True. Girl, tell me where to go.